All right, welcome to a special holiday episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pearson. Once again, I'm joined by Caroline. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hey. 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 <laughs> there it is. Um, Sorry, happy holidays. Sleep. Thanks. I'm low on sleep. Went to see Star Wars last night. That's this episode, right? The Star yes, Wars a holiday episode. Star Wars episode. Um, Perfect. I'm ready. <laughs> billion dollars already i assume it's brought probably in. yeah at, at least was it good uh i did enjoy it um there's a lot still to unpack but i think i'm gonna go see it again this weekend was there any chance you weren't going to enjoy it um yes <laughs> so there you had expectations and yes they made i had it. expectations uh there was a brief moment where I, I did almost walk out mostly <laughs> <leave> with that <laughs> okay <laughs> But overall, there was a moment where I was like, excuse me? Um, Chewbacca died. Um, is that, <laughs> I, I, I say this, I haven't read a spoiler. I know nothing about the movie. I have watched the trailer, so don't take that as something I've read. <laughs> no, anyway, no. we're, we are here to talk about UBA sports, but I do think we're going to spend plenty of time talking about uh, Christmas music. Yeah, holiday music, I should say. I think there there are <laughs> holiday songs out there that aren't Christmas. Yeah, there are a few. Um, anyway, we'll get like to it. Depends like where you where you know mistletoe by Justin Bieber falls on that scale, right? Or like Winter Wonderland <laughs> is just about snow. It's not about True. you know. So anyway, Silver Bells is about uh, city sidewalks. Yeah, city sidewalks. <laughs> dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Obviously about Hanukkah. So there's there's plenty of options. Uh, but we're going to run down our favorites, do a little a draft of sorts. Uh, but first, we do have some UVA sports to talk about. So if you only want to be here for the UVA sports period, we'll do that first. And then then <laughs> you can turn them. the podcast <laughs> off. Uh, but let's talk about the soccer national championship game first, and then maybe uh. a little basketball. We'll be back later uh, to, to preview uh, the Orange Bowl. Uh, for sure, but uh, the, the Who's, as everyone knows, lost in penalty kicks in the championship game after a great run in the uh, men's soccer tournament. Uh, it, it, what a weird game for those two teams. Yeah. I mean, that's the the interesting takeaway, really, is that both teams had defensive breakdowns. Uh, the UVA, I'd say, had more defensive breakdowns in that their goals they gave up were a little like, at least the first one was like, you know whereas like UVA the goals UVA scored were were a little more like good plays or or bounces that go here and there like the (sighs) the first one's a deflection with Joe Bell there's nothing Georgetown can do about that it's just a bad deflection so there's some luck whereas Georgetown's first goal was bad play on UVA's defensive part by not uh communicating or, or clearing it but anyway great tournament great season for the Hoos yeah, it's such a tough way to, obviously, so, you know, it's hard to completely knock penalty kicks as a way to decide things, because Virginia has won, I think, the last <laughs> two, and yes, Gary, basically, yes. the last two national championships have come on, on penalty kicks. They've been um, kind to the Hoosiers yeah, before. Yeah, and that's the stuff that, it's just so brutal to me, because, like, sure. that's where it just hurts so bad. Like, Axel Gunnarsson had a great season in a great tournament. Like, this is not his fault, you know what I mean? But no, And I'm not saying yeah. that anyone has said it's his fault, but I just try and imagine what the poor kid's feeling like, you know, everyone. And just the I fact bet that, he feels like, bad. Was, yeah, <laughs> I would imagine it feels pretty shitty to be the team, yeah. like, the person. But, and that's the thing, like, just being the person that got yours blocked like right right it's just unlucky and it just you know stuff happens and whatever else but the way that they 
came back from like that third goal yeah like the the never in in people like moral victories or whatever you want to call them people say like but then the never give up is important i think and they never quit and absolutely those are the two best defensive teams in the country (laughs) six total goals were scored um i actually full disclosure did not see the third georgetown goal um, the one well, that was potentially offsides. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> I the never thing. saw a replay because yeah, they did not show a exactly. single highlight of it, which makes me think that yes, it is in fact horribly offsides, and they blew it so <laughs> badly that they refused to show the replay. Uh, see, I thought that they just didn't have a camera, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> like, so what they did, at least on on TV, they did show some replays from different angles, and clearly none of the angles was a, a helpful one. So to me, that was them going, uh, what do we have? What do we have? What do we have? We don't have a good view of any of it. But you're right, or you could be right, that maybe they had a good view of how terrible it was. I I don't know. It's just really telling when they do the whole game recap, show five of the six goals scored and the one that they don't (laughs) is the one that people online were extremely upset about. And, you know, sometimes that's the way things go in these games. Like, you know, I'm not here to litigate um, because, you know, people still (laughs) – very salty Auburn fans are still trying to litigate um, the end of the basketball oh, well, game. Oh, they're just wrong. April. So. <laughs> yeah, they're just wrong. You got fouled, all right? Um, um, they, yeah. And so I'm not here to litigate, like, what was or what wasn't. And obviously Virginia tied the game anyway. Um, right. I, I kind of hate the making all season these t- all these teams play, you know, however many games, but they never play two in the same weekend. And then all of a sudden to like make these guys play two in the same weekend for the most important thing of the season seems yeah. really just unnecessarily cruel. But I don't know how you fix like obviously a final four is like a fun Yeah, exactly like lacrosse and, works on a final four. Yeah. So they really, have at least right. like quick turnarounds during the season where they'll yeah, play true, like on true. a Saturday and a Monday or whatever. Yeah. But and again, like this isn't it was a great game. I thought um Georgetown flopped a little bit. <laughs> They flopped a lot of bit. They played very well, but they flopped a ton. I and I, as I said to a friend, I was, I was a little annoyed that the team that hadn't been there before acted like they hadn't been there before, and then what? I know, (laughs) which which is just normal. And I know they're kids; it's not a big deal. Uh, But it would have been fun to win that game, obviously, as a UVA fan, but also as a fan of the team that that was acting a little more. polish because it's uva soccer i mean they're royalty yeah. in they've sport. got seven stars on their chest yeah. you know it's impressive as hell and and the way that that team played all season and the way that they even the the semi-final game i thought you know colin shuttler was so fabulous um seven saves and and the way you know my uh, my large adult son daryl dk i love him so much <laughs> um like i'm legitimately obsessed with this kid um i just think the way he plays and like no one that big should be that fast and like just has this personality and this you know every the way just every way that he plays it's just I love watching him play the sport and then Joe Bell needs to have like some sort of classical overture that plays when he <laughs> dribbles the ball through midfield because he's a maestro it's unbelievable to watch him play um, absolutely so this team has been so fun and they play so well together and honestly this was probably the best team that's made it to the championship game and it's the one that didn't win and that's it's brutal and that's just the way sports are sometimes um but it was, uh, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. I think the, the excessive yellow cards um, yeah. impacted potentially how things were played down the stretch because it's difficult to 
you know, play, it's like if you're playing with four fouls and, or, you know, three fouls late in early in the second half in basketball, like you take it at that guy. To yeah. Yeah. I mean, Georgetown didn't score on it, but their last good chance was because the defender went, Oh, I can't foul him. I'm already on a yellow card yeah. and led to a good break for them. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and the, yeah. you know, Famifuna um, having to leave the game with, I mean, he got, I didn't, the fact that they, I think they gave him a yellow for that too. When I was like, that's just two guys going for the ball, but okay, ref. Um, but him leaving the game and nothing again, like the poor guy that came in, um, they did attack that side of the field Definitely. and that's when they scored the third goal. And I mean, that's yeah. smart. I mean, Georgetown is a good team and that's a Obviously. smart coach. That's a right. good coach. Like, and they ran like... <laughs> sublines like they were a hockey team which is where some people i saw that normally watch like premier league or professional soccer were kind of like this is where i hate this substitution rule stuff um because they were running lines like it was a lax game um i but, mean if you I got mean, the if, players you got the yeah, depth to do it like exactly i don't know why that would bother you yeah. yeah it's within the rules so i mean yeah yeah like you said at the beginning penalty kicks have been uh good for the who's recently so the the luck was bound to go uh, the other way um you just hate to see another title that we could have added to our uh national championship trophy yeah. collection um shout out to the commenter in the write-up the Hokies don't have any. Um, I'm not <laughs> counting individual championship trophies when there is a team championship trophy awarded in that sport. It, it's like track. It doesn't count. Swimming, it doesn't count. The team trophy is what counts. And so yeah. it's still, what's that, 27 I mean, still those, for the Hoos? <laughs> yeah, if we're counting those, like we got a handful of tennis ones that were one in the same year that's still like right oh yeah tennis another good one and anyway um let's talk a little (laughs) bit about the basketball team uh because we've had the uh, annoyingly close stony brook game but a very uh charming result at least in the second half of the unc game uh, to discuss although the first half of the unc game may have been the most brutal basketball i've watched since that wisconsin UVA game from a few years ago. That... <laughs> the first 10 minutes of that game <laughs> were... So I went through a full spectrum where I was like, the first five minutes I was like, oh no, this is just so awful. This is terrible. Like, just this is bad. And then once the ball deflected and this is nothing against Cody. It's just like he was the one that got hit in the face. Um, it like randomly defe- deflected, hit Cody in the face and Virginia stole it. I was like, okay, s- sorry. This game literally has everything. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, I mean, that was just like poor Kihei Euro steps Cole Anthony and then hits the bottom of the rim <laughs> on the layup attempts. And then the next time he was so in his head on the fast break that he couldn't eat, like he just like lost the handle. It was definitely a good illustration of the season so far. <laughs> was beautiful move into hitting the <laughs> underside of the backboard as a layup. Ugh. So bad. And but that's just they the finished theme. that game strongly. And right. I thought they shot better um, overall. In the last two games, they've shot over 30% from three, which is delightful trend. And Tomas has uh, gone two for three and three for four in the last two games from three so I, I like that that's delightful yeah yeah uh, definitely the second half against Carolina was uplifting mm-hmm. um and it it made you feel a little more confident in the team's ability to score but really the, I think the big takeaway is uh Kafaro's play McCoy's yep. play showing yep. that there's some energy guys <laughs> you know like not to use 
tropes that you know glue guy or spark off the bench but really I, you know there's a reason people say those terms all the time yeah. is because you can see it in a team when you you shake something up and, and they just play harder and uh, McCoy has a lot of Isaiah Wilkins to him in that regard for sure and Kafar came in and, and did the opposite of what Jay Huff was doing and was banging around and 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 catching the ball and and, <laughs> and you finishing know poor, poor Huff just I don't know if it's a mental thing uh, or or a, a limb control thing I don't know it just seems he's, he seems so frustrated because he's got all these plays where it's just like oh lost the ball oh, didn't finish yeah things, you know things like that um, and I'm you know I'm sure he'll he'll keep trying and keep. And keep his, doing what he can do. He but, was huge down the stretch against Stony Brook, so that was yeah. a nice like for Jay Huff. Like that was good. And and he he post game he was saying stuff like you know like I gotta maybe not show as much as my frustration. I think there's just right. an overall like, and it's hard. These guys are trying to, again trying to figure out. You know we're ten games into the season. I don't you know I mean technically you're a third of the way into the season now, so it's not nothing. Um, sure. But also 10 games isn't a significant amount of time when you're considering the number of pieces that Virginia has to get to work together um, coming off of a team that was so in sync chemistry wise. Right. Mm-hmm. So understanding um, what they're doing and who they're playing alongside and what that player's tendencies are and, and dealing with so many you know new guys and all that stuff. I, I think yeah the Kafaro thing was so great to see and he earned and, and part of it too, we know how Tony likes to do matchups. Um, part of the starting um, nod for Kafaro was the big man that they had for Stony Brook, who was not a small dude. Like he was a big, I understand. I, once I saw how that guy played in the post, I was like, Oh, I see why Kafaro starting. Um, and again, not to knock Jay, but Kafaro's a bigger dude. Like he's got more heft sure? to him. He's again, Jack Salt 2.0, but with like they upgraded <laughs> the offensive, like when they, when they had him go in for the iOS update, they updated the offensive bugs. Like that was, <laughs> and now he can finish things at the rim, but then miss the free throw on the plus on the, the and one, which made it warm my heart. I was like, Oh, it's like a nice nod. Um, yeah. I, I think Momity has maybe cooled a little bit in his, I don't know, maybe if it's coaching or, or on his end or just teams focusing on him on defense. Uh, he's still at, you know, scoring in double figures, but it's sort of clear that they're not running the offense through him. And yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Obviously, in the long run, yeah. you want you need to have options. You can't you can't run it every game through him. But he is your best offensive threat. And I don't know that we've seen as much from him in the last handful of games. And I think again, that's Carolina probably had a really probably, yeah. yeah. Well, I think Carolina exactly. had a really good game, game planning plan. from the other team, right? Yeah, because they he had a ton of turnovers, and that's one of the things I think that um, Mamadi can work on is mm-hmm. sometimes he gets in this like I need to be the person thing, which can be good and can be bad, like depending on what it is. So I think there was a lot of times where he tries yeah. to, especially against Carolina, he tried to make too many things happen himself mm-hmm. after getting the ball like in the post extended and then three guys would be on him because they were like let's make him make a play type thing um that led to turnovers or or travel or whatever which i guess is a turnover so um 
sure I think it's. he did much better. <laughs> he did, and I thought that they did better overall against Stony Brook with that, with limiting dumb turnovers. They were obviously forcing turnovers. Yeah, um, I mean, Kihei was uh, was sort of brutal with the turnover. Yeah. I mean, brutal, brutal by UBA's standard because by, yeah, by yeah. his standards, like you can't. He had six assists, thumbs up, and six turnovers. Not great. Yeah. Some um, of those turnovers were just you know sloppy. Like it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like a bad travel or or like a great you know he threw the ball a few times there were a couple that especially the ones that will kill him and make like coach curtis did not enjoy the ones where he like loosely passed them at the top right right like those are the ones that'll stick with him and that that's the stuff that he'll fix and just those like hope so and obviously this all being said like braxton key came back and obviously he struggled and there's time that you have to get used to playing with him it's a pretty big cast it is on his on his offhand but it's just you're effectively playing one-handed as Kihei said in the post game so I think getting him in and getting some minutes was obviously good obviously you couldn't keep him in very long because of the way that he looked uncomfortable but I think that just in itself was an important step to get him out there yeah um but this you know this is a team that's had to deal with playing without him he um, is obviously so critical to yeah. this team playing to the you know their ceiling to, yeah. to succeed to where we want them to this year he's got to come back better um yeah. and and hopefully he has time to to about that virginia tech game's coming up you know it's, yeah, it's very fast a couple weeks away right um and you look at too the other part that i was i was looking at against like stony brook like when and we've talked about this the the i'm not as concerned about the quote-unquote offense like what they're running um yeah i don't know what makes what would make me more like comfortable whether because if it's the offense and it just looks clunky and kind of reminiscent of like 16 17 where they couldn't get even open looks like where they we weren't really sure what at all they were doing yeah um this is they're getting open looks and good looks like they're getting great looks they're passing the ball well like getting all these stuff and then they just can't make it fall so it's a shooting issue in my mind as opposed to a coaching issue like they're being coached sure. well like, into these yeah games, not finishing so what is what is more I mean, terrifying they, they've still had their their plenty uh oh, of, no, of, of possessions of where they don't do anything right. and no but team yeah, they, gets it right 100 percent of the time like, right where they run the play it is more game. shooting i mean it's yeah. clearly they're not making shots and so in order to free up Mamadi, like cody they have to and make tomas shots. have to make shots so. and you're right tomas has come on a little bit cody is doing things uh but not making threes and casey morsel just can't throw it in the ocean still and that's got to be really frustrating i mean he's a freshman he's he's gonna be a good player but you hope that that turns on by the hard acc play right and bennett Bennett all he can do is keep shooting (laughs) yeah bennett said after the game like you know you got to shoot through those things you know he liked that he he is taking opportunities to like drive to the basket and finish at the rim like see the ball go through um and also like he's like look it's gonna sound silly but like his misses have gotten better like no i heard him say that some of the ones weren't as bad (laughs) and it's a good point it's like look he had some that kind of like went halfway down and came out like those are better misses i mean that's indicative of where they are right now like 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 we've said a couple times (laughs) this season Everyone who says they hate watching UVA, I get it. Yeah, this, <laughs> this year, season. this, this year is like, ooh. <laughs> tough. Um, it's all yeah. tough stuff. So, hopefully they but 
again, they are nine and one and have sure. and, and the wins against Carolina and Syracuse and even Vermont now maybe have lost a little bit of their luster because of the way that those right. teams have gone on to to play against other teams. Um, I still think that the UNC win is going to be interesting because I don't like, you know, like I never feel sorry for them because they've had plenty of time where they've had wonderful things happen for them. Yeah, uh, and a fraudulent academic down. program <laughs> that gave fake degrees <laughs> to their athletes. Call yeah. Anthony going down hurt while also like they, I think they lost like Robinson for the season. I mean, I keep confusing a couple of players, but like Leaky Black being hurt, like, they're He's just with, bad. They're playing with <laughs> ham sandwiches. Like, yeah, you know, they, they started play, and, and I don't mean to make fun of Playtech. He's, a, I'm sure he's a like wonderful person. You make but fun of Playtech. He's not any good. <laughs> when you have the teams that you look at and you look at the starting lineup and you're like Playtech, right? Oh. No, um, I mean, yeah, and I don't Carolina, think their grad transfer has panned out. Pierce, the kid from Louisville, yeah. isn't shooting as well as they would have wanted. And the other one hasn't done as he hasn't. He, 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 I forget his name, but he was scoring in bucket, you know, in bunches. Um, Anyway, I mean, Carolina is an interesting parallel to UVA in that dearth of recruiting in the past couple of years. They don't have the depth, and they've lost guys early, obviously. Um, And if you look at their past years highlighted with who left early, who transferred, and who who graduated, and who they brought in – it, it is alarming, especially because they're the blue blood. You know, uh, you, you can say UVA has its reasons in that it has to recruit a special type of guy. Not everybody wants to play um, in defensive-minded uh, Tony Bennett's uh, sure. team. Um, obviously, the Nazi thing, <laughs> you know, impacted yeah, recruiting hurts. too. So we have our reasons. What are UNC's reasons for, <laughs> for yeah. bad recruiting? Like, they don't – they uh, you know they they it's should weird. be able like, to get whoever they want uh, you know they're battling yeah. against Kansas and Duke and Kentucky for guys but if you're doing that you have your second option your third option uh, that that's yeah. that's I, you know I'm no UNC fan uh, I know I have plenty of friends who are and and they're upset by it because you should be able to tailor a team to have this step to come in and be better than they are whereas UVA has a little more uh, reasons <laughs> for it. It's not yeah. good. And but but we're nine and one. No, we're the ones where you look at the lack of depth <laughs> yeah. and they're still they're still winning games. So I yeah. mean, that, that's, that's indicative biggest... of how good uh, good Tony yeah. and his crew of coaches are. Is that this team is still at least in the win loss column at this point is successful and should yeah. be able to and... play in the ACC this year because the ACC isn't that good <laughs> that's the thing that, that when you look around the entire country you know like maryland lost again as a top 10 team kentucky lost to utah as a top 10 team like at least yeah. like and when what i love is when these these teams are really committing to getting like blown out when they're top yeah. five teams so even the purdue loss looks like yeah that was pretty bad but yeah all I'm saying that a third of the team. way into this season, like when you, the shooting has been atrocious. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're valid in our concerns there. If this team sure. gets it together and wins the ACC, don't come at me saying, oh, you were clutching your, cro- clutching your pearls at Christmas, <laughs> uh, saying we were going to be bad. Because I could see it. I could also see it mm-hmm. uh, going 500 the rest of the way in conference. So, you know, yeah. if they if if the wheels come off and Key doesn't come back healthy <laughs> and Kihei keeps turning it over and they never figure out how to shoot, 
by all means, we saw some of that, you know. And, and yeah. So it, it could very much well, go either way. And I feel like I'm saying this e- every week and we'll continue to do so, <laughs> that it could go either it's, way. It's less like, you know, there's still people that are, are very mad about the shooting and all that. And I, I get it. It's frustrating. It definitely, definitely 100% helps to have the cha- championship. Because sure. the thing that, I mean, in so many ways, but you look at, um, I was thinking about this the other day. And it's going to be so many interesting discussions next year leading into the season. Yeah. Talking about who's playing, who's right. starting. Does exactly. someone actually, like, exactly. And, and what the is the lineup going to be? What you have to look at for this season, and in no way did the coaching staff approach this as a throwaway or a rebuild. Like, it is technically a rebuild, actually. Like, sure. But, you know, I don't know that they'll say, use those words, but you lose those players that you do. You lose Jack Salt. Um, and they decided not to lease future you know lease other seasons future recruiting classes to fill gaps this season right so the idea of getting the transfer for you know tomas coming in um yeah and i appreciate so then you look at next year i don't know what you do i legitimately like i've talked about this like and it's so it's a good problem to have right when you have three hyper talented first years coming in right and jabri and Reese and Carson McCorkle. Right. I just like he always gets full name. Sorry, he will always be full <laughs> one word Carson McCorkle. Right. Um, and then you bring Sam Hauser off the bench, which I think right. I continue to. He's got to start. I mean, that He's going to start. Hauser's going to start. Probably the best player on the team right now. Right. And like, the three freshmen could start. I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. that they're, they're going to, because because Tony wouldn't do that. No. But they're probably good enough. To, yes. So, and, and that's, yeah, it's going to be you look nuts. at, you're going to have Jay Huff still. Um, yeah. you lo- so you lose Mamadi and um, Braxton, right? Um, but then you look at it too, because you have Caden Shedrick coming off of redshirt. Right. Who's and he probably, might be the best front court player on the roster. Yeah. I, I said maybe, let's give it to Mamadi, but obviously, but once and so he, leaves, But he's yeah. like the upside thing. So that might be right. a guy that doesn't get a ton of playing time next year, but like in two, year two, year three, he makes that Bennett big jump. Yeah. Is like, yeah. you know, he's got that touch. He's got the athleticism. Yeah. And then you look at, I really like McCoy. I do think that he's got so much yeah. Isaiah Wilkins in him with a little bit. All of these guys that they're getting now have the amazing qualities of players that have come before, like the Jack Salt 2.0. Like the stuff that Kafaro does is very Jack reminiscent. <laughs> and not just because he's a big body, but then you add the ability to fit. That helps. Yeah. That helps. And that's <laughs> the thing that we've been very honest. Like, yeah. you and me, the Jack Salt stand, like, I understand like that was an area of his game that he was not good at. Um, and then you look at, like, and Isaiah, such a good defender, the, you know, intangibles, the, all the stuff you talk about, the grit, the, you know, whatever, that he brought but wasn't always the you know cleanest shooter or again the same thing offensively like you're bringing sure. in these defensive players that now they're starting to get those guys that are the same prototype but have that little extra oomph that I think yeah. pushed them on the offensive end which is great to see that's I mean that's perfection and then you look at the fact that you're going to have nobody also nobody coming into the season nobody thought that Kihei Clark was going to be like the guy that's like the sure starter right um, even throughout, like, as you see things progressing over last season, obviously, yeah, I am a fan of Kihei Clark. I like the way that he plays. Um, and it was obvious that he, like, he's, I don't see a situation in which he's not the starter next year. Right, right. Right? <laughs> but, I mean, and, and I don't think this is realistic, but what, I mean, 
what if the turnovers continue? What if the turnovers yeah. continue and people attack them? You know, I, I, I keep thinking back to the FSU game where he's a liability against big guards that shoot over him. But then again, he's also arguably our best defensive player for other reasons yeah. and other strengths. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't think there's realistically any way he doesn't start next year. But what if Beekman comes in and has the size and the ability and just shows mm-hmm. that, that he's magically just as good? Well, then yeah, and obviously you're going to start the, the better one, you know. So I, think, well, I don't Tony's think that's going to happen, but it's not impossible. Tony's always so interesting with like the starting versus not start. Like mm-hmm. it's more for him starter minutes versus actually starting like one of those things. And I can see a situation. I think Beekman will be the first off the bench regardless, because just yes. again, this is all fun to hypothesize. I'm not, this is not, I'm not giving up <laughs> we, on this. Season. We have months to do this I know. as well. I, just, so, I was thinking yeah. about this when looking at, cause you look at some of the lineups that they put out right now right. and it's, I, I don't mind. Like it's fine. Uh, I'm like, I just it, have I'm I'm not I can't get mad at this season. I just they don't can't. look like a defending national champion, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And again, don't come at me if this they turn it around. We we think this team's they don't have to plenty turn of games. They're nine I, and one. <laughs> right, exactly. And I, I turn around the right. optics. Turn around yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the eye test. Um, I still think that this most likely a Sweet Sixteen team, and if they figure out how to shoot potentially better than that but they're still also a team that could lose first round in another upset because they're playing these games in the 40s and yeah. 50s um and and you know we we yeah, know what I, can happen there so i can see either like a, i'm with you like it could be second weekend or they lose second round similar fashion to the florida game because like the offense just doesn't show it up. is in its own way very interesting to see yeah. where, where the rest of this season's gonna go and like we said a lot of that has to do with the fact that the acc is really inconsistent um up up and down too i mean like, like uh, our boys titus and tate have said on, the, on their new pod it's too bad this year's duke team is this year's duke team and not last year's duke team too bad for duke because yeah, last like, year's duke team would have just just destroyed this conference this year yeah oh my gosh it would be so we'll see unfair. they've got south carolina coming up um this weekend and then the navy game before the hokies and the hokies like to shoot and if they shoot well the, the who's are going to struggle and that's going to be slightly annoying uh but we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll but, get to that in yeah. a week or so uh, i think we got to get into our christmas bracket our christmas draft i don't know what we, we just wanted to, to run down our favorite christmas songs so uh i've got my five Caroline's got her five. Uh, I think the thing we need to decide, Darn, is we we have not reviewed our lists. I think based on our Twitter conversation, we might have some overlap here. So the question (laughs) I want from you is, are we going draft format or like top five format? Because that reverses the order, right? Draft format, you want your number one pick. So you got to go with your, if we're going top five format, we leave our favorites till the end. And then we might have some duplicates. So I, I kick it to you to des- decide which way we're going with this. Let's do top five. Okay, so we're, yeah. we're, we're saving our favorites for the end. If a favorite gets stolen, just say that, and then we'll replace it uh, with, a, with an alternate uh, Pro Bowl uh, <laughs> Christmas song here, holiday song, if you will. Um, well, it's my podcast, so you have to go first. <laughs> yeah, okay so wait because i said that i'm starting with like my least favorite I'm yeah yeah i mean if it's like a top five reveal then coming in at number five 
All right, I'm going to go, you know, I'm a, actually a really big fan of, everyone's going to make fun of me, but Michael Bublé's Christmas album. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, um, there's very few things I'm going to hate on if, if they come out on your list here, and, and Bublé, that I'm not going to make fun of. And this is a two-part reason, and this is like a little bit, this is maybe the sappiest answer you'll get on any of these, um, because this album came out when I was deployed. But which song? So it's going to be, and I'm telling you the song, okay, hold on, okay, sorry. part of the story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll Be Home for Christmas has always had like a little extra spot in my heart just because of the fact that if you've, you know, when you're out of town and deployed on Christmas, um, it's a touching song. You know, like I want to be there, but I can't, I'll be there if even if right. I'm only thinking about being there. So I like his version of I'll Be Home for Christmas. I'm taking that. All right. All right. I had Bing Crosby's version of I'll Be Home for Christmas on there. So I'm going to go ahead and not use that, um, which which I'm going to – I like the pick song-wise, so we're, we're agreed song, but but differing on, on artists, which is probably going to come up plenty in, in such conversations. <laughs> but it, because I'm not using that, I've, I felt bad that my uh, my list is, is very old school, um, and, and you'll see it as we unveil them. And this is even old school because it's the 80s, but it gives me the chance to pull up Wham's Last Christmas. Hell yeah. Oh, um, my God. That song rocks, It, man. it wasn't going to be in my top five, but now we have room, so I'm throwing it in there. <laughs> but I believe it's still the most contemporary song of, of any of my top five. So a little spoiler alert. Um, this song is now 30 some years old <laughs> or, or so <laughs> oh, and it's going to be uh, the, the most recent release for me but great song uh been covered by uh taylor swift uh, among others but we're, we're going with wham's last really? christmas also if you're curious at home we're not allowed to play any of these songs <laughs> <laughs> Google so <laughs> we, we can make a, maybe a Spotify playlist and, and put it up there for you to listen, but hopefully you're familiar with these as, as we go along. So it's time for your uh, number four. This coming is in solely at four. coming in number four, Darn's playlist. Uh, I'm going to go All I Want for Christmas is You, Mariah Carey. That's fun to sing to. Sorry, no regrets. Obviously <laughs> a, a favorite of our generation, Love Actually. Where are you on the, the Love Actually Yes, No? There's, there's many um, haters out there. Look, I like the movie. I also recognize, like, w some of the issues with it. Sure. Um, primarily, one of my friends said this once, and I can't ever unhear it, so you're welcome for sharing uh -oh. this, everybody. Um, the only real instance of love is between the, the sister who cares for her brother. Like, no. the only one that shows, like, that's true love. And I was like, oh. Rick Grimes showing up with note cards <laughs> is pretty messed up. Like, I think that's been discussed. Like, <laughs> like not only did you creepily He did his friend dirty by... <laughs> by did yeah. you creepily videotape her at the wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you then show up and say, like, oh, tell him it's carolers. Oh. <laughs> like, the well, whole... I'm not going to defend that, but, but Liam Neeson with his stepson, like, that's that love. Pretty, that's that love the whole time. Oh, the, the writer... And the love that transcends a uh, a, a, a language divide, Colin Firth. 
I think that was like my friend was like, that's just more infatuation. Like that's not love. They're just like, oh, I'm here stuck at this place. And I, I understand. Okay. Like, just get this I'm not saying ticky tacky semantics. I, I think your friend is looking for a thesis like, that sounds fun to defend. But, <laughs> the one that absolutely isn't. kills me is the Emma Thompson one. That one just yeah. We're listening to her Joni Mitchell when she thinks that she got the necklace. Oh, yeah. hideous necklace, by the way. Um, <laughs> Christmas time, holiday season is the time for the president. Story. That's uh, they love each other. The president and the, the, <laughs> the prime minister. Uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, sorry, whatever. <laughs> that Ritz actually call is their my president. Favorite. Yeah, and, <laughs> <laughs> the, the one she was Hugh talking Grant. about, how that guy like called her thick, plumpy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could I could do this whole movie probably. Yeah, if I, so I do. I actually do enjoy it. My underrated Christmas flick is probably the holiday. Have you seen that one? Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a good one for sure. I really yeah. enjoy, and it's honestly like not even my favorite collection of actors and actresses, but it's just such a fun like. Um, I really like that one. No, it's a good so. movie. I my t- uh, we're going on a total movie <laughs> tangent, but it was funny going through this list. How uh, I was like, I'm very uh, impacted by my love for Home Alone in the music. And so, yeah. like, the songs in Home Alone were sneaking. Like, it's not in my top five. I'm sorry to, to discuss it if it isn't <laughs> yours. But, like, Carol of the Bells oh, is an amazing song. It's not in my top five because it doesn't, uh, you know, slap. <laughs> like, like you're not going to put on Carol of the Bells and be like, oh, I love this song. But it's it like is. Manheim Steamroller. It, right. <laughs> it's, it's a great, great song. Um, and, and a lot of that, I think, has to do with Home Alone. So that's my favorite Christmas movie. What's yours? Uh, my favorite Christmas well I mean the one so I again back to a deployment creating like lasting memories whatever um I was at an an undisclosed location in the Middle East (laughs) (laughs) we were staying on base and that you could check out who wait (laughs) you could check out air quotes right you could check out fake trees at the front desk they had like little like Uh combined like little boxes basically got little Tupperware things and they included like a thing of light it, they were the pre-lit trees and you just put it together real quick and um they gave you some ornaments um and the only i i get this is the other discussion about die hard basically is what i had with me and so i watched die hard when i put up my tree and like here's my people are like it's not a christmas movie um but it is legitimately a plot point is the fact that it's christmas yeah that it's a christmas party that it's set at christmas time yeah and he's there for you know, seeing his family at Christmas. So, like, I am all, um, like, it is a Christmas movie. Haven't we turned the corner on this as a culture? I feel like... I thought we had. Yeah, I thought it's hundreds of people going, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. And and I haven't heard anyone go, it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, (laughs) I've seen a couple this year, like, you know, some tweets from people that, you know, have a lot of followers, like, you Isn't anything a Christmas movie if you want it to be? Right, it should be. Let's be inclusive, And people are like, it came out in July. And I was like, is that accurate? I didn't Google it, but that seems like a really bad time. Also, we didn't see Die Hard in theaters. Exactly. I saw Die Hard at Christmas time. We aren't that old. Um, (laughs) We found the one way we aren't that old. I know, right? I'm so excited about it. So yeah, otherwise, my favorite Christmas movies are Hallmark movies, so whatever. No. (laughs) (laughs) I I probably haven't seen them, so feel free to discuss. Um, But my number four, to get back to our list, is Santa Claus is Coming to Town by the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, it's got to be on there. This is where you miss me. I'm not a huge Springsteen fan. Don't tell the people. That, that is an awful take. That run 
I mean, I don't like hate. It's just one of those like the songs just don't really. It's not one where I'm like, ah, oh, you know what I really want to listen to some some the boss. I want to listen to the boss right now. Like it's just not. They're gonna take away my like journalism. Yeah, you um, hate rock and roll. <laughs> You, like they you made hate... that movie that Born to Run or whatever it was like the movie where it's just like the guy that's like listening to Springsteen music and it like inspires him and he uh, wants to go to New Jersey and I was like I don't know what that is but Springsteen <laughs> rocks and you're wrong and this is a great Christmas song with the big fella Fine. Clarence doing the ho 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 sax man <laughs> awesome alright um, you coming in at number three something not as good as Springsteen <laughs> I really like the Jackson 5, I Saw Mommy, Santa Claus. Okay, no, I, I support it fully. Yeah. So. Oh, another one, I really rank things pretty highly on, like, how much fun they are to sing when, like, <laughs> you know, that one, ugh, I, he, this, just his voice sounds so great, and it's just so fun, where he's just like, no, I, I, I promise it did, like, it's just, yeah. I love that version, so. It's a classic, that's a good yes. one. Um, all right, speaking of classics, my number three, Frank Sinatra. Oh, blue eyes have yourself a merry little christmas you Amazing. go through you go through his christmas discography i think this is the best one but it's also probably the best recording of this yeah. song so i know we're bouncing around sometimes between artists here and and that that's that's gonna be my number three i'm not gonna um, sing it no one wants to hear me oh, it's it, so, so good it's just so like yeah i'm, I'm a little scrambling right now because i'm terrified i don't want to like say my number one because i'm afraid that like i think our number ones might be the same yeah i'm like really worried that like my number (laughs) one is gonna get like swooped here but um so i might actually go a different honestly you could pick any of the frank sinatra i was gonna go frank sinatra on this next one okay um and literally any song from that album (laughs) because that also reminds me of um like that's what we listened to in our house when i was growing up Uh um and so I just like it's your any. list. You get to pick whatever you want. So for, I'm gonna go. Two. I think I'm gonna go White Christmas from Frank Sinatra. From Sank, Frank Sinatra. Sank Sinatra. Sank Sinatra. Excellent. No, it's a good. One. Yeah, yeah. That and that. I think when you're talking like what is his best Christmas yeah. song? That's all. Uh, they're they're both so iconic. Uh, and part sure, of it is so. that one opens the album uh, the ultimate Christmas one uh-huh. and so to me that's like that feeling of like the first time that we put it on after Thanksgiving like and it's officially holiday season and you've got like that's my kickoff song I think and so that gotcha. just the entry the intro to it also has so many extra like so much oomph well my number two could be my number one and I sort of I sort of want to go with my number one because I think we're <laughs> I think we share the same number one so that I get it. But uh I'm gonna I have to be honest in my ranking. So so this is this is one B to my one A. I absolutely love this song and it's Christmas brackets, baby, please come home. Ah, oh, great song. Arlene Love is that the version, the old school version, is is such a good song. <laughs> it's it yeah, transcends it's- <laughs> Christmas songs. Because it's a actually just just a, a real great song overall. Yeah, and so that's I love also it. another one that Buble does really well. <laughs> All right, get that out of here. <laughs> you you get Buble once, you don't. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's a good album. <laughs> it's fabulous. 
Anyway, I'm going with the Darling Love version. It's her voice is so much better. Than the, it's just a different version. I like both. I like both. I like both. Anyway, um, that's my number okay, two. I think, so you're I think number our number one. one. I feel like we could share. I'm yeah. fine sharing. Yeah, maybe one. that's what we should do. It'd be really funny if I was like. <laughs> if you're like Alvin did the chipmunks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I busted out that like Paul McCartney one. Like, God, oh. which again I will sing to. Um, no, sure. I'm going with the Christmas song. Yeah, Nat King Cole. Like, yeah, I, 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 we saw this coming. That yeah. we, let, let's. I think that's a very Christmassy thing to do is for to us share to share number one. <laughs> share number one the Christmas song. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it. yeah. so good. It's so good, and his, yeah. it's unfair how like buttery, soft, and smooth it is. <laughs> like it's just so amazing, and um, yeah, that that's such a great song. I will say I do like a couple of the um, like my just outside the top ten that I enjoy. Like I'm not even kidding. Mistletoe by Justin mentions. Bieber is a, a, that song bops, and I will listen to it in July. <laughs> Um. <laughs> uh, that Kelly Clarkson one. I was trying to think of contemporary songs yeah. that I like, um, and and certainly the Kelly Clarkson one's a good one. I forget the name of it. Um, and I'm trying to think what else. Oh, there's actually a couple. I don't if you haven't heard the if you've heard the Sia. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I really like that one. The it's although the title's kind of scary, where it's like Santa's coming for us or whatever. <laughs> um, makes me a little worried. Um, the one that's terrible is Christmas Time by Backstreet Boys, but give me the okay. NSYNC one all day. All right. um, but Elvis, yeah, Blue Christmas. I'm not. I'm, I'm, yeah, that 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 was up there in contention. Again, it's it's sad that Bing Crosby isn't on our list because we replaced it. Uh, but how could you talk about Christmas music and not have Bing Crosby? I mean, yeah, even, and even more than Sinatra, too. I think he might be like the yeah. Christmas music guy outside of. Nat King Cole has the best one. <laughs> so there, uh, the Pogues' "Fairy Tale of New York" uh, is a, a, a little bit of a outside the box one. Um, I'll also listen to Tony Bennett sing a bunch. Mm-hmm. Both Tony Bennett's. Um. Both, I'm sure. <laughs> well, there um, you a go. A couple of the albums that I also like that are so she and him did a really fun Christmas yeah. album. Yeah. Um, and then I also really like Ella Fitzgerald has a nice um, yeah spin on a bunch of them. There's a couple where i'm like this is a little too much um, I support but all of this so. the beach yeah. boys they've got some mm-hmm. some great christmas songs there little saint nick uh for sure yes. chuck berry now i'm just running down all the ones that i was considering but I know, Run, right? rudolph ron was on <laughs> yep. there well also, is that also home alone yeah i'm sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well folks uh, thanks for yeah. indulging us uh for our, our holiday podcast here and uh go watch home alone uh, and if if you want watch Die Hard, and if you don't want to watch Die Hard, that's fine too. We're inclusive here on on what you're allowed to consider your favorite Christmas holiday movies. But uh, we should get the Spotify playlist up and, and put it on the blog post. So I'll work on that, and uh, we'll be back after the holidays to hopefully talk about more basketball wins in the upcoming uh, Virginia Tech basketball game and the upcoming. Uh, orange bowl hopefully we'll get around to discussing that before they actually play it and win it because they're gonna win it florida sucks go who's forever happy christmas happy whatever you celebrate happy new year to all of you dear listeners and we'll be back 